Good evening. Thanks for joining us here on Nighttime. This is Dave Wager, your host. And for the next half hour, I hope that we can say some things that will help you put perspective in life. You got to remember, God is older than you and smarter than you and loves you. You can trust him. Of course, if you're ignoring God, that's not very helpful. But if you're enjoying him today and loving him, there's hope for you. Tonight, I'd like to focus on something that's not so fun to talk about, the tragedies of life. So often we live in a way that pretends that the situation we're in today will be the exact same situation we're in tomorrow, and that's not true. In fact, it's interesting to think about the fact that God is the only one that does not change. I will change. I must change, and it will change. There is nothing that I am currently involved in that will stay the same forever. Because I'm human, I'm not God. I can't take on the characteristic of never changing or I'm taking on God's characteristic. And that's not healthy. I'm not equipped to do that. So there's no doubt that in my future there will be times of great testing and trial because that's what man will face. I don't need to fear those times, but I do need to recognize that they will be there. And if I have wisdom, I will be preparing for the time where things happen that are out of my control. But as I look at life, the word tragedy can be used for all sorts of things. It could be used for a car accident, and indeed that would be a tragic thing. It could be used for any kind of transportation accident, where people one moment are thinking of going to the store or visiting a relative, and the next moment they're fighting for their lives because of the accident. It could be a medical diagnosis that brings a tragedy to a household. Some have used the word tragic to apply to financial situations. Certainly, the word tragedy would evoke a different thought process in each person that uses it. But I think if there was ever a tragedy in life, it would be if God was no longer present. And the older I get, the more I think that that would be the only tragedy in life that the others are not pleasant to go through and something certainly I would wish on nobody. But when you think about it, I've never met a human being that says or thinks 
that they will not die. They don't know when they're going to die. But it's not as if people are saying, I will not die. The time of their death, the means of their death would be a surprise. But the fact that they would die would not. Even a child understands that. Often the tragedy seems to be involved around the mystery of when and how, not if. So since I know that one day I will no longer be on this earth, it would be wise to plan for that day. Thinking about it is not morbid, it's realistic. And no matter what has happened here on this earth during this life, the greatest tragedy would be any moment in all of history that God would abandon me. Some of you might say God doesn't abandon people. And in a way you're right, but in reality, those who don't call upon his name don't find him. They're in this world without God, something that I find inimaginable. In Hosea, the prophet Hosea in the Bible, the fifth chapter, the sixth verse, it says, with their flocks and herds they shall go to seek the Lord, but they will not find him. He has withdrawn from them. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. For us to think that God will just play games with us in life, that he will always be there no matter how often we have ignored or refused him in our life, doesn't really fit what scriptures say. There is a time in life, and I don't know this time, only God does, where man has pushed against God for so long and so hard that God is no longer available to them. And that's tragic. It may be the only thing that's tragic, and it's preventable. Death isn't preventable, but the tragedy of not having God by your side is. Now, before I go on with any other thoughts, I need to remind our listeners that God's mercy is available to everybody and those who call upon the name of Jesus will be saved. That it's God's desire that each of us come to repentance and come to know who Jesus is and put our trust in him as our savior. That it is not God's desire that any should be separated from him. And in fact, 
It is our sin that separates us from God. And while we were still sinners, God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could have a path to be back in fellowship with God. But it's not because of my goodness and it's not because of my ability. It's because of what Jesus did on my behalf. And I have understood my sinful condition and I have accepted the fact that I am sinful and I am needy. And God alone can provide for my need through Jesus and he has. But my friend, if you reject that message, that's the great tragedy for you are separated from God now and you will be separated from God for eternity. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing in this universe that is more tragic or would define the word tragic more than that. The Bible makes it clear that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I personally believe that as God grants us eternal life because of our faith in his son Jesus, that this is something that God has done and there's no possible way that I would ever be out of his family, ever. You see, my status as a son of God is not because of my goodness, even my repentance, but because of my faith. Yes, we can get into the difference in words and word usage. There's probably no way to come to God without repentance. You have to realize that you've lived a life of sin that has separated you from him. You have to be able to admit that, which would be your repentance, and to accept his gift of Jesus Christ. And since all of the payment has been made by God, by Jesus and not us, we have never deserved the status of child of God, but we have it. And God will be faithful to the end. What that does is make us people who have a position as a child of the King. And the tragedy is when we live apart from the position that God has given us, when we ignore God, and there is no possible way for us to be successful then in this life. Some people think that Jesus came so that we could have a ticket to eternity. While it's true that those who put their trust in Jesus will live eternally with God, it's also true that we're told that Jesus came to give us life, and life more abundantly, not just heaven. Being a Christian and being a child of God 
should affect my daily decisions. And when I live as if he is not my Heavenly Father, as if he has not given me directions in life and how to live and how to think, then I'm ignoring the very source of joy and purpose and fulfillment. There is no possible way that I can find fulfillment apart from God. So if you're feeling today as if your life is meaningless and unfulfilled and you're striving to try and find that, perhaps you have ignored God and his plans. For me, one of the great tragedies in the Bible is King Saul in the Bible. You can read this on your own sometime in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Saul had disobeyed God over and over again. And God basically was saying, that's it. You are going to no longer be king. Oh, Saul can come and say, I'm sorry, or whatever at this point, I guess. But God saw his heart. And his heart was one that defied God and did things his own way. And he justified the way he did things, as we all do. It's obvious that as he wanted to talk to God, that God was not answering him. In the 10th verse, it says, but Saul, well, before that, he went and he began to consult a medium. Now, this was against the law, against what anyone that knew God would do, but he was doing it because God was not answering. The lady he was talking to was shocked and thought she was in trouble. But the 10th verse said, But Saul swore to her by the Lord, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? He said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. <laughs> it's interesting that God was going to communicate with Saul, but not directly. He wasn't going to talk to Saul right now. But he was going to allow Samuel, the priest that was with Saul originally, to talk to him. This even shocked the medium. In verse 13, it says, The king said to her, Do not be afraid of what you see. And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming out of the earth. And he said to her, What is his appearance? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he's wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel. And he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, 
am in great distress. Yes, those who want to have answers to life's problems, but they are disobedient to God or ignoring God are going to end up in big distress. I would think those especially who are intentional about it. And Saul was intentional. If you go look at his life, he knew what God had said, but he did not listen to what God said. Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. That, my friend, is the tragedy that Saul is facing. He is the king appointed by God to the people. His responsibility was to listen to God and represent God to the people as a leader. He wasn't a priest, he was the king. If you check through history, you'll realize that this was not what God wanted for his people, but God allowed it. He knew what would happen if somebody became a king. They would perhaps get so enamored with their own resources and power and authority that they would forget God. And it seems like that's what was happening here. You can go to the 28th chapter and read it for yourself. Then he goes on and Saul says, Therefore I have summoned you, Samuel, to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Saul, don't you remember that I told you because of your disobedience to God, your intentional disobedience, that you would pay this price? That's a tragedy. Now, I can learn from the tragedies of others or I'll learn the hard way through the tragedies in my life. Saul was one who intentionally did not listen to God. It compels me to ask you a question during this time. Are there areas in your life that you are intentionally not listening to God? If there are, what would cause you to think that you would know more and know better than God Almighty? I'm not saying that God will abandon you at this moment. I am saying that the tragedy in life would be if he did.
and that people who ignore God and still expect Him to work out all of their issues is ridiculous. They need to go to the gods that they worship, the gods of money and power, the gods of medicine, the gods you fill in the blank, and ask them for help. But every person one day will realize that the great tragedy is not being poor, not being sick. The great tragedy does not lie in accidents. It lies in intentionally ignoring the voice of God. Hosea 9.7 The prophet Hosea says, The days of punishment have come. The days of recompense have come. Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool. The man of the spirit is mad because of your great iniquity and great hatred. There is a time where God and his justice will prevail. And those who did not listen to him will be sorry that they didn't, regardless of what area it's in. Oh, I know. You might be saying, I would rather listen to somebody who speaks more of mercy and grace and peace and love. I am telling you that I am speaking to you of a God whose definition is love. And that more than anything in the world, he would wish and desire for you to come to him to place your trust in Jesus and to enjoy daily life with him. Hosea 9.12, the prophet says, even if they bring up children, I will bereave them until none is left. Woe to them when I depart from them. Yeah, that's pretty disastrous. The idea of looking forward and thinking that our future without God is hopeless. I often think of our nation trying to solve its problems apart from God and hoping that just because we believe in something or have a consensus or desire something, it's going to come to pass we as a people will only be okay if we listen to the voice of God. In Amos, the prophet Amos, the eighth chapter, the eleventh and twelfth verses, say, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. 
How disastrous is that? The prophet Amos is saying, behold, there's going to come a day when the famine will not be of bread or water, but of the word of the Lord. I can't help but think that in our culture today, we are somewhat anorexic as Christians. It's not that we don't have the word of God. It's not that we can't read the word of the Lord, but we have it, but we don't take it. Maybe it's been so long as a nation or an individual that we're spiritually malnutritioned. That's a tragedy. In Micah, the prophet Micah, the third chapter, the fourth verse, it says, Then they will cry to the Lord, but he will not answer them. He will hide his face from them at that time, because they have made their deeds evil. These are not messages that we often hear from anybody because we don't want to focus on the fact that we will be accountable for what we think and how we act. But we will be accountable. Even if we want to believe that we're not. There are specifics that God has said in the Bible and those specifics are true and good and right and will always be true and good and right. God is not a sugar daddy in the sky that we can go to him and demand certain things. He's one that wants a relationship with us moment by moment. And as we exclude him from our moment by moment lives, we can expect tragedy. Perhaps that is why so many turn to drugs and alcohol and pornography and sex and other things to try and fill the void in their life and figure out some kind of at least temporary feeling of significance. What they don't realize is all of those things are destructive, that pornography just uses other people, doesn't love them, that alcohol destroys the mind, that drugs are an escapism for a moment, that begins to take them in their very grip and destroys them. God really has two things to offer us, his mercy and his grace. Mercy is not giving us what we deserve, and we need to understand that God does not want to give us what we deserve. For we deserve to be separated from him. We deserve eternity apart from him. But he doesn't want to give that to us. He also offers us grace when we accept his mercy, when we place our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. 
then we will not get what we deserve and we are now in God's family. And now we can live by the grace of God. And the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Titus 2.11. The grace gives me a position, a position of a child of God, and I never want to be apart from God. For to be apart from him for a moment would cause me, like Jesus, to be in great anguish and perhaps sweat drops of blood. Because the thought of being apart from God is that tragic. Well, if you stayed with us on this thought, I commend you. It's been a tough one. And I invite you to bask in God's mercy and his grace and his love. And you won't have to deal with the tragic part of being separated from him. Thanks for joining me tonight. This is Dave Wager for Nighttime and the Relate365.com team. A division of Silver Birch Ranch. That'll work. Good night.